0: How are you guys doing? If you guys don't know me, my name is Charles. For the last 10 years, I've been working at Student Ministries here at Three Crosses, uh, and this is my last Sunday. And so, uh, technically, I guess last week was my last Sunday. Uh, I'm actually, yeah. So anyway, I'm just, I'm here. I'm here physically today. Uh, And after this, though I will be living in the area until my kids finish up school in May, uh, I will be moving down to San Jose to work with Venture Church there in Los Gatos. Uh, And so this is it for me. In the last 10 years, it's okay, it's okay guys, don't worry about it. In the last 10 years, I have had so much fun being part of what, Uh, I've been allowed to do and what God's been doing up here on this hill. Uh, Just kind of a highlight reel, uh, as I was thinking back of some of the shenanigans uh, that I've been able to throw, I said, hey, Danny, what do you think about a 100-foot slip and slide down the fire lane? Riddle me that. Uh, I'm just gonna use like preschool mats and then get some inflatables. And don't worry, don't worry, I've thought this through. I'm just gonna build a pool down at the bottom I have a degree in theology. I'm pretty confident I could do this, <laughs> and the answer was yes. Oh my goodness! We had an event where we, uh, where we put a giant pool in our patio next to our youth room, and we just played like super competitive pool, like basketball. I guess it's not really. We just kind of made it up. Absolutely, like. So much fun to watch. And then we played a couple of rounds of like leaders versus students. Incredibly fun to play. We did a bunch of other things. What do we got next? Man, we decorated, uh, we decorated the gym, had everybody come in their costumes, and we rollerbladed around the gymnasium. If you play basketball in our gym and you think, what is wrong with this floor? I, don't worry, guys. I put a piece of paper down, okay? And so it didn't damage the floor that much. We were able to play Spider Ball, where I put 12 students in roofer's harnesses and have them, and they were attached to the ceiling joists there in the gym. And once they would start running, they'd lift up off the ground and be able to go up and slam dunk. Guys, we've done some crazy things. I actually turned the gym into a go kart. Uh, like a little. It, it, I, I tried really hard to get like the electric go-karts. They were just too expensive, outside of my price range. So we just did like little tricycles. You might recognize this guy. <laughs> he went down. He was still my boss at the time. I was just like, please, please don't damage Larry. Please don't damage Larry. <laughs> Besides all of the, like I said, shenanigans that have been part of uh, the last 10 years, man, it has just been my absolute pleasure uh, to play a part and what God's been doing here in students' lives uh, from middle school through high school. It's just, yeah, it's been so encouraging uh, to be part of it. Um, But enough about me. Let's talk a little bit this morning about Jesus. In our series, we're talking, we're walking through Becoming Like Jesus. Honestly, I love this series. Danny kicked it off two weeks ago, opened it up in John 14 6, a famous verse where Jesus, after talking about his father's home, having many rooms, he comes to the disciples and he says, it's going to come, Wait, wait for it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except by me. And for many of us, the only context that we think of this verse is like, hey, Jesus is talking about heaven, and so he says, he's the way to heaven. And so when I was four years old, I prayed a prayer. I said, Jesus, take me to heaven, and that's been it. But man, there's so much more to that verse. Jesus is saying, I'm the way you should pattern your life, your whole existence, your attitudes, your thoughts, your habits should be patterned after the way of Jesus, Initially, followers of Jesus were called followers of the way because, man, it was just a discipleship emphasis, right? Coming off of our last series, we really dove into what's called the Great Commission. And Jesus gave his last commandment to the disciples, and he says, go make disciples. Some people will argue that maybe a better uh, word to, to... to really have some teeth to it, is, instead of disciples, would be like apprentice? Somebody who uh, like models their life after Jesus? And that's what this series is about. Larry, last week, came out with Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, Paul lays it out for us. This is God's plan. This is God's intention, that we become like Jesus. He says, for those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. This isn't like Christianity 2.0, right? It's like, nah, I prayed the prayer. I'm going to heaven. We're all right. Like, you can leave all of that becoming like Jesus stuff for somebody else. No, 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 no. This is salvation. This is stepping into the life that God desires for you. This idea of becoming like Jesus is really... Uh, why I've been so excited about investing in student ministries. Because Jesus gives us a promise. He says, there's a thief. There's an evil in the world. In John 10.10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the Full, Jesus promises an abundant life, and here's how we get to that abundant life. When our life looks like Jesus' life, we experience the abundant life that He promised. Larry last week talked about humility. Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk to you guys about boldness. Uh, and the reason that Danny says uh, Charles is the person to talk about boldness, really I think it's more of a caricature than it is like my, 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 my true character, uh, it's instances like these, why Danny says Charles should speak about boldness, let's go for it. That right there is Pastor James Tyler, or he was the pastor of our middle school ministry at the time, and what that is is a 650 foot long zip line that we pulled off at late New Maloney's. I These hands uh, tied the knot to the top of the tree, like to the tree at the top of the reservoir, or whatever it was, kind of rolled the carton of rope down the hillside, and then figured out how to tie it to his ski hitch. I was like, I don't know, let's just figure this out. This rope can hold a couple of thousand pounds. Uh, it could probably hold this, right? Like Again, my theology degree makes it perfectly, makes sense for me to be able to figure out stuff like this. Uh, <clears throat> and and so James did it. Uh, Austin, who is the person who's in charge of children's ministry right now, he did it. Uh, James was the middle school pastor at that time. He was in, in charge of our middle school ministry. I was over high school, and we're just like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. And so I think that the reason Danny says Charles should talk about boldness is more of just like, a, uh, I question your judgment a little bit. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. If we do anything dangerous, we have them sign permission slips first. <laughs> so it's totally fine. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, keeping things safe. Keeping things uh, appropriate. Um, honestly, though, as I was studying for this message, I just really struggled with it. And part of the part of the struggle is like boldness itself, right? Especially in our day and age, man. I have serious questions about authority and. And problems with when authority is executed improperly, right? And I look at people with authority and I just think like, ah, uh, like humility, yes, you need to hear that. Like meekness, yes, you need to hear that. Inclusiveness, sure. Compassion, yeah, let's, let's talk about all of those values of Jesus, but I'm not sure I want to encourage you to be bold. I, I think that you might be messing up with how authority works anyways. And even Jesus, as he's talking about authority, man, he, he, he teaches servant leadership, Right? And so the inside, there's just this kind of like, like man, like, I don't even know what I think about boldness in this moment. And, and then just personally, man, I just wasn't feeling bold. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here at third service and not at first service. First service, I kind of stood up and I was just like, guys, I barely made it here. Uh, and I'm going to struggle through this message. And it was... Wild. It was a wild time. And, and the reason it was so difficult is just because on the way here, even after studying about the boldness of Jesus and the, uh, the courage that he brings to our life, I had none of it inside of me. And I was just thinking, Danny's quick on his feet. I bet if I called Danny up, he wouldn't even skip a beat. He would come up. He would teach about the boldness of Jesus. You guys would be encouraged. And hey, I don't work here anymore. So like, like what? what is he going to do about it? Like, seriously? And there was just a lack of boldness. And maybe I could say it this way. That honestly, on the drive here, like it, it wasn't like a panic attack in like the clinic clinical or you know <laughs> clinical sense, but I was just overcome by fear and anxiety just like i don't i don't want to do this i don't I don't want to go through this sunday i don't I don't want to have to stand in front of a thousand people and talk about boldness. It's just not where i'm at but but here's here's kind of what shifted for me last night as a as, and I know the timeline's getting fuzzy. All of it's kind of mashed in together for me. When I realized that boldness it is part of the cure for fear and anxiety. Let me say it this way. Cure, courage cures fear and anxiety. And that's not the only thing that courage does. And that's not the only cure for fear and anxiety, but I think it's part of it so, man, this morning, I am looking forward to talking to you guys about boldness. I need some boldness in my life. Let's go ahead and turn to Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter number four. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. Let me set the scene for you guys. In Acts chapter three, Peter and John are walking into the temple. This is about two months after Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, the Holy Spirit has come on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter number three, excuse me, in Acts chapter number two, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people join the new Jesus movement. And then in Acts chapter three, After the 3,000 people join, Peter and John are walking up to the temple, passing through the gate called Beautiful. And as they come in, a beggar says, I would like some money. And Peter and John, in just the most brilliant line, say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the guy does, stands up and strength coming to his legs, and all of a sudden there's a commotion in the temple. This guy who was begging, who had no use of his legs for years, is now walking around in the temple, and they say, how did you do this? Peter and John come to, come to, the, to the group of people that are, that are asking this question there in the temple is, hey guys, Jesus, who you guys crucified? who God rose from the dead, it's by his name that this man is standing here with you guys. And he says, you guys need to say sorry, and you guys need to repent and be baptized and join what God is doing, this new life that God is ushering into the world. The religious leaders, the same people who crucified Jesus two months ago, are still in power in this day, and so they're not having any of this. They arrest Peter and John. The next day, bring them out of jail And Peter and John are standing before this trial. Verse number 5 in Acts chapter 4. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them down in the midst, they inquired, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit and hopefully a fire in his eyes and a little smirk on his face. If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And then look at it. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness, the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This morning as we look at the boldness of Peter and John, the boldness that was put into their life by 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 proximity by, by their proximity to Jesus. I'm praying that this boldness starts to naturally grow in our lives. That we start becoming like Jesus, the same way that Peter and John did. Let's pray. Dear God. We are in need of your courage, God. We just need you. We need all of you, God. And so God, this morning, would you just give us the perspective to see this, this, this part of your character, your boldness, your courage, your, Lord, your ability to go through the difficult times, Lord, to do what was right. God, give us that fortitude inside of us pray this things in your name. Amen. I know that I need courage to push out my fear and anxiety, but honestly, we all need courage. Starting with Plato and Aristotle, uh, when they list the four main virtues of humanity, they listed, uh, when they listed the four main virtues of humanity, Courage was one of the virtues that was listed. C.S. Lewis, in talking about the four cardinal values, these these, uh, necessary values for humanity, uh, says this about fortitude. Fortitude, or courage, includes both kinds of courage. The kind that faces danger as well as the kind that sticks it under pain. Guts is perhaps the nearest modern English. You will notice, of course, that you cannot practice any of the other virtues very long without bringing this one, this courage, into play. So C.S. Lewis says, as we look at the boldness of Jesus, we realize that we need courage. We need his boldness. It's his boldness that isn't a value in and of itself, but it's a value that gives strength and tenacity to all of the other values. It's the grit that is getting so much play today. It's, it's the ability to withstand difficulty and do what needs to be done. That Jesus was a man of boldness. I really feel like the boldness of Jesus is, uh, is, is so obvious that it's hidden. Right, as I was thinking about the boldness of Jesus, I don't, I don't know, like, let, me, let me think about the boldness of Jesus. And really, because it's such a main part of his life, It's easy for us to miss. But can I say it this way? You don't take on a world religious system. You don't take on the Roman superpower. You don't change the world and not be a courageous person. Jesus was a bold person. Just think through the gospel stories. Man, from the time that he stepped into humanity and engaged, man, that was a a bold step, laying down his authority and being born as a child. All the way through the cross, we see Jesus living a life of boldness. And then what I love in this passage is that that boldness rubs off. The religious leaders look at Peter and John and they say, you guys are bold. Garrett. And I think I know where you guys got it from. It's not your education. It's not that you guys have a lot of, uh, a, a lot of history that, that makes you to be this bold. We can tell that you're bold because you've been with Jesus. Like I said earlier, man, I need this boldness in my life. I need the ability to be able to push out the fears and the anxieties and be able to step into what's next with confidence and assurance and trusting God that he has, uh, he has my best interest at heart. He, he's able to take me through. And so how did Peter and John get this boldness? Let's give you guys three things. Three ways that Peter and John were able to incorporate this boldness into their lives. First off, Peter and John remembered the resurrection. Peter and John remembered the resurrection. As they were asked, hey, by what authority are you doing this? The way that they come about it is that, hey, let's, in verse number 10, let it be known to all of you and all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and here's where they go for it, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing well, before you. How were they able to be so bold? I Maybe mean, because they just pointed everything back to the resurrection. I mean, think about it. If you saw Jesus die and come back to life, and you're standing before the people who killed him, it's just like, like we've been here before, guys. Like, you killed him, it didn't work right? He came back three days later. And so, like I mean, if you're trying to go down that road again, like, I mean, I'm not sure what God's going to do with me, but I'm going to stand with resurrection power. I'm going to stand with the guy who you tried to put down, but the grave could not hold it down. I'm going to stand with resurrection power. And as we stand rooted in the resurrection, you're saying, this is my story. This is where I remember. Man, that is the pathway to boldness. That is the way. And that the fears and the anxieties are able to be dealt with, able to be pushed out. Honestly, for me, here, here's, here's my problem. The resurrection is huge. It changed the world. Man, it redefined existence. When we think about, like, man, is there life after death? Yes, Jesus showed it. He died, and then he came back to life. Man, is Jesus reliable? Yes, he died, and then he came back to life. He's reliable. Jesus changed the world with the resurrection But it's such a daunting thought. And so here's the problem for me is that I know Jesus died. I know that he resurrected. I sing songs about it. I remind myself about it. I memorize verses. But when I'm driving to church at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning, I just think, what if I drove to a different church? (laughs) The resurrection is just so far away from where I'm at right now. But what I think is possible is to connect those two, to go from over here where we just say there's power in the resurrection, there's salvation in the resurrection, there's life in the resurrection, and I can pull that life, I can pull that truth, and I can pull it over to where I'm standing right here and right now and say, God, allow that power to define my existence right now. That Peter and John, they remembered the resurrection. Not only did they remember the resurrection, I forget how I said this second point, <clears throat> but they also stayed close to Jesus. They stayed close to Jesus. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men, and they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Honestly, this morning, uh, it was that point, just reminding myself to stay close to Jesus, that that, that was able to bring a little bit of refreshment to my soul. And, and, and please don't hear me wrong. I, I have no desire to be dramatic about, about this transition and, and, and this... Uh, Oh, about what's going on. There there are far bigger things. I, I'm not saying that I have a reason to be as shook up as I was. But whether or not I had a reason, I'm just telling you, like, that's where I was. That was real for me. And as I just said, Jesus, would you be close to me in this moment? As I just paused the radio, as I just... As I just try to push everything out, and I just think about your love for me. Jesus, can you be real to me right here and right now? That there was something significant about that. And for many of you guys, your challenges are far greater than simply than, than, than moving from Castro Valley to San Jose, right? That's not that big of a deal. But can I tell you, regardless of what it is that you're going through, that as we are able to come to Jesus, to stay close to him, that the boldness of Jesus naturally grows within us. And that we begin to take on the boldness of Christ. It, just, it grows up in our lives so that Jesus is formed within us. And we're able to withstand with confidence, with boldness, the challenges that are thrown at us. The last thing, the last thing that grew boldness for Peter and John was simply that they prayed for it. They prayed for boldness. Later on, down in Acts chapter number four, after they've been released, they joined back together with a group of disciples and they begin to pray. And they pray this in verse 29, and now Lord, look upon their threats The third way that they were able to have boldness in their life is just that they prayed for it. They prayed for it. And I would be remiss if I didn't say the boldness that they were praying for was a boldness to proclaim Jesus to to a city that desperately needed him. You guys remember what it says back in verse 12? That there's salvation in no other name other than the name of Jesus. That Jesus is the only way to save. And so the boldness that they were praying for was a boldness to proclaim, to speak that truth into the world around them. And so yes, man, pray for boldness in your life, that the boldness of God would would put fear and anxiety in its appropriate place to be able to allow you to take the next step confidently. But as you are praying for confidence, confidence, In your own life, would you pray that God would also give you the boldness, also give you the confidence to speak salvation, to speak the fact that Jesus is the one who saves and the only one who saves to those who are around you? Because, man, we have, those of us who have a connection to Jesus, we know that his boldness, his courage, his life will grow inside of us. But what about those who don't know the Savior? The Savior? What about those who, who are not becoming like Christ, who are just at it alone, who, who don't have a savior to, to atone for their sins and set them right with God? They pray for boldness to proclaim the gospel. It's, it's, emotional, it's an emotional roller coaster uh, when you're dealing with uh, high schoolers. Uh, and I'll go ahead and say it, especially emotional high school girls. Uh, over the, over the last few weeks, there's been, like, a couple of lasts, right? There was my last Wednesday. There was my last Sunday. And then today was, like, my last Sunday in big church. Uh, and then we might have, like, one more, like, hey, a last party to say see you later. And and you should have seen it this morning. Uh, there was just, like, a line of uh, junior girls who were just, like... <laughs> I was just like... Aw. And so in this emotional roller coaster for me, I've given, like, multiple, like... Last charges, final charges. Here's what I want you to do. And, and for us here this morning, man, I really am glad that the final charge that I, give, that I get to give to three crosses is, is this. One, remember the resurrection. Have that be the reality that defines your life. Stay so close to Jesus, and then pray for boldness, that he would use this church to change our city, to change our community, to change our world. Let's pray. Dear God, give us the boldness that we need. Amen.